The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for joining us unto yourself this morning. We thank you for everyone in this place. We thank you for everyone joining us over the internet. We thank you for that which eyes have not seen, that will is and will break forth in our lives. Thank you for that which ears have not heard. Thank you for that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man. Honor, glory, dominion, and majesty we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good morning again, everybody. Um, last week, we, we started a series titled Pure Sex. And um, of course, before then, we've had, um, we've been conflicted with some different opinions. Why sex in church? You know, why don't you leave sex out of church? Church is a holy place, you know. Um, and all that, and all that, and all that, and all that. And we, and we kind of forget that we are bombarded every day by sexual content. The world wants to tell us and teach us what sex is. And of course, they are doing a very bad job at, at doing it. But they are doing it very conscientiously, you know. 70 to 80% statistics say 70 to 80% of TV content has sexual images suggested or explicit. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and that, is, that is really really scary because the concept of um, sex from the world it's, it's, um, is not accurate to what God wants. So many times we are told that um, when you just feel like it, it's your body, it's your life. When we feel like it, just go with your instinct. Now, what they don't tell us is that we are not animals. Only animals that goes with their what? With their instincts. We are human beings. We have, we are supposed to have self-control. A dog doesn't have self-control. If a dog feels compelled to bark, it must bark. But a human being has self-control. If a human being feels compelled to speak, to talk, you can refrain, refrain yourself from talking. I know you think that is impossible, but it is. You can. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> so, we are caught in between two worlds. You know, one world, one kingdom from heaven that designed us and designed how our sexuality should be. Then, another kingdom largely influenced by the world system that tried to tell us how our sexuality should be. And the church in, in the past has not responded well to this issue. Believe me, the church has not responded well. But all that is changing, not only here, I mean across the globe. Churches are responding better today. Praise the name of the Lord. In the third to the 10th BC. AD. Third to the 10th century after Christ. The church released an edict. What does the edict say? The edict says, Thou shalt not have sex with your wife 
on Thursdays. Because that was the day Jesus was captured. Days of his suffering. Thou shalt not have sex with your wife on Friday. Bef- I mean, this is real. I mean, it's not, I'm not making it up. <laughs> Some of us, our eyes are opening already. That How can that be possible? I'm not making it up. You can check it. It's in the public domain. Thou shalt not have sex on, on, on Friday because that was the day Jesus was crucified. Then, thou shalt not have sex on Sundays because that is the day the people worship the Lord. Then, thou shalt not have sex on 40 days of Lent because that is the day of fasting. Those are the days of fasting. Then, thou shalt not have sex on the 40 days of Advent. Thou shalt not have sex on the 40 day of Pentecost. Those are the ones I can remember from my heart. But by the time the church was done, you had only 44 calendar days in a year for marital sex. Now, some of you are like, come on, that is so unbelievable. That is so ridiculous. And I know some people are saying, Pastor, can I get a calendar? So I can show my husband. I'll back off. I'll leave me alone. But, but the key thing here is this. Many times we try to regulate what God has not regulated. We, we, we try to, to restrict, put a restriction where the maker of the heavens and the earth has not put a restriction. And in, by doing so, we... we separate people from God because people kind of not understand God. Imagine you cannot have marital sex only 44 days in a year. God made marital sex to happen 365 days in a year. I'm not saying you should try that. (laughs) But My point is this. Don't put a barrier where God has not put a barrier. And we shouldn't even attempt to. In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18, God is so heavy about this matter. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18. The word of God says that let your wife, everybody say your wife. Again, everybody say your wife. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing to you. Rejoice in, in the wife of your youth. She is a loving there, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. I'm like, God, you're putting breast in the Bible? I mean, don't you feel like that? I, I feel like that when I read the Bible. I'm like, oh, God, this is gross. But you can't be holier than God, like we said last week. May you always be captivated by our love. Now, again, I, I need to say this. The content of this teaching is, is if you were to rate it by the uh, movie advisory board, it would be PG-18 or R-rated. So, um, we want to suggest that if you are not 18 yet, um, the ushers have done a good job. You know, The baby is there. Can you block their ears? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you know, if you are not 18 yet, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to offend you. And we, we um, advise that those of us that are parents, we should actually take this content, this material, and actually maybe listen to it. For instance, last week's teaching, I encourage you to get it. If you're a parent here, if you have it, your children are seven plus, sit down with them and break it down for them. At least last week's teaching can still pass. Then I leave you to decide about today's teaching and next week's teaching, if you want to do that. But it will help the conversation going. Now, 
This is God, the God of the heavens and the earth, the maker of the heavens and the earth, saying, guys, enjoy this thing called sex. But he emphasized, and that's where we, we get it mixed up. You see, sex is not bad. But sex outside of God's way we get you into trouble. Now, if you have sex outside of God, it's not going to make God less of God. Have you noticed? God will still be God. The only person you'll be hurting is yourself. The only person that you'll be hurting is yourself. If you're married, if you're having sex with someone that you're not married to, guess what? Before you started, God was still God. When you are done, if you check, he's still God. So, so God is not, is not saying this so that he, he can, he's not telling us to be sexually pure so that he, he can be bigger than he is. Or if we are not sexually pure so that we won't diminish his greatness. It has nothing to do with, with him because he's God by himself. After we are gone and long forgotten, he will still be God. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so you are not doing God a favor. You know, someone says, but, but God, you, you know, I, I mean, there's a lady, I mean, we used to, I used to pastor her. I mean, she got married um, as, as a virgin and, and, you know, I know the school she went to, we are like contemporaries. So to have someone in my generation get married as a virgin, that's a miracle. It was a miracle. So she did. And she, she, she waited for the fruit of the womb for a couple of years. And she got to a place where she was saying, God, I kept myself. I knew what this person was doing. I knew what that person was doing. That person aborted 10 times. That person aborted 15 times. As soon as they got married, they, they got pregnant and they had their children. And I said to her, if you continue like this, you have a problem with God. Why? Because your purity is not doing God a favor. If you remain pure, it's for your own good. If you remain defiled, it's it's to your own detriment. And you will discover it yourself. You see, what we are doing here, because when the when push comes to shove, when the rubber meets the road, at the end of the day, I'm the, I'm, I'm the guy, the pastor is the guy that cleans up all the mess. Oh. Pastoring is interesting. So what I'm doing now is, you know, so that I'll have less. God remains God. And, and as parents, we, we have to we, we have to communicate this to our children clearly. Oh, well, after that, it's called, I mean, after that, I mean, the lady has three children now. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, maybe she has much more, I don't know. But as I, the last count, she's had three. But the point is that our remaining pure was no justification. Everyone doesn't owe anything. The only thing heaven holds her is based on the death and the resurrection of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. That is the only, that's the only thing that guarantees the promise from heaven, not our righteousness. I think some of us need to sing that in. Not our righteousness. So, having said that, we need to communicate that to ourselves, to our children. This, look, it's like there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a man, a very wealthy man. If you um, like cars, you will know the Enzo, right? The Enzo Ferrari. Come on, am I the only one that knows the Enzo in this place? Okay, 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 okay fine. You guys were just being holy. So that they don't think you are carnal. Now, the, the Enzo Ferrari, 
cost a million dollars at least. And it's two years waiting list. So if you pay your million dollar today, you won't get it until 2016. Very beautiful car. Named after the guy himself. Put up the picture. The first slide. Woo! I will say Enzo. But this thing won't get to heaven, no. No matter how fast to go, let me borrow the words of Reverend Colley. This thing will not get to heaven. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. No matter how fast it goes, but this thing is beautiful on earth. If you think it's not beautiful, God will forgive you of your hypocrisy. <laughs> now, there's this man, just keep this slide. I'll tell you when to go to the next slide. There's this guy that, you know, he bought the ends of Paid for it, cash. Two years after, it was built to order, ready to pick up. He had a 20-year-old boy. Had his driver's license. And the boy says to his dad, I can pick it up for you. And I say, yeah. He should go and pick up the end of true life story. For him. Next slide. Power in the hands. Is something wrong with the Enzo? Next slide. That was the car. The car was probably 20 minutes old, at least from, from, from the factory, from the workshop. Now, the boy didn't die. He only had some minor injuries, probably based on the safety features of, of the car. I don't know. Or maybe God intervened. I don't know. But the key thing is this. If you put power in the hands of children, sex is like it's more powerful than Enzo. It can wreck their lives. And many of us, we, we know our children are into pornography and we turn a blind eye because we are afraid to have a tough discussion. We turn a blind eye. We don't have the discussion. We don't confront it. In fact, we, we pay for the broadband internet. We give them unfettered access. We have no content filtering at home. It's like giving a 20-year-old question. The 20-year-old, is he not supposed to be able to drive? He can. He has a driver's license. So that's not the issue. The issue is, I'm an adult. I can, you know, that's not the issue. You are. <laughs> but if I'm paying a million dollars for this car, man, I'm not giving you the keys. No, I'm not. President of the Lord, and I'm a good father. And it's so important for, for us also. Sex is like fire. It's like fire. It really is. And one of the greatest lie of the enemy to us that are, you know, a little bit more mature is, is, is what is called sampling. Have you heard sampling before? I mentioned it a little bit last week. Sampling is, is the process whereby two adults, consenting adults, say, you know what, we like each other, but let's see if we are compatible. The only compatibility they are interested in is sexual. Let's see if we are compatible. So let's sample. And, and you can see, some people, I, I mean, put up the argument, but pastor, you know, doesn't that just make sense? How would you know that she can meet my sexual? And I laugh. Those of us that are married, you know, right? You are laughing too. Because there's no matter, no amount of sampling, really, that can prepare you for marriage. None. In fact, the only thing that can prepare you for marriage is purity. 
So, let's, let's move in together. Let's, let's um, um, just see how it looks like. As you're going to see today, it's a suicide mission. See, how, let's, let's just feel ourselves so that we can, you know, know how these things is. It's a lie from Peterville. Now, you could say, but we know this person that has done it. We know that person that has done it. What they are not telling you is the struggle they are having with their intimacy. That's not what they are telling that's, that's what they are not telling you. Today, you can trace most of the problems couples are having with their sexual intimacy to that. Experiential. So, so the question is, how, so, pastor, so how do I know the right person? How do I know the right person if I don't sample? I mean, if you, if you go to even, you know, I like going to food courts, you know, you know, because some, they bring out samples for you to just, you can't f- get full on those samples, you know, so you just go, you just whack the sample, you go, you just whack that sample, there's no ice cream sample, can you imagine, you people don't have ice cream sample, they bring the ice cream sample, you just whack the ice cream sample, you people don't have chicken sample, there's big chicken sample, you whack the chicken sample, and by the time you are done, you just walk away, you are good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? And, and it's almost the same thing, you know, why pay for the cow, if you can get the milk for free, the guy has sampled everything. Why should he commit? Why should he commit? Except he has other reasons. So, how do you know? It's simple. The right person for you will respect your desire to wait. How do you know the right person for you? The right person for you will what? Whether you're a man... Are you a woman? The right person for you will respect your desire to wait. You know, a lady says, oh, but pastor, what if, if, if I don't sample him? What if his, his, his wee-wee is, is, is four inches and I need 12 inches? Now, now so, some of you are, you are shifting on your seats like this. Oh no, this guy, don't go there. Don't go there. But you see, this, this <laughs> things at in fact we had a single seminar and those questions came out. And you know, <laughs> you remember I don't want to say that question. It's even sounding gross to me. Even as I'm thinking about it. The point is this as you are going to discover that if you wait for God and on God. And God leads you. The person God leads you to, if you are honest with yourself, you'll be grateful to God for the rest of your life. Praise the name of the Lord. For the rest of your life, you'll be grateful to God. The problem is we, we, we take these things into our own hands. And we are so limited in resources. We are so limited. We are so limited in knowledge. So instead of spending your energy searching for the right person, spend your energy becoming the right person. A lot of us, we spend a lot of energy looking for Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, the right person. In fact, married people, you think this is the problem of single people? No, no. Married people, you, you see a lady come to me and say, Pastor, ah, I have made a mistake. I thought I was marrying Mr. Right. Pastor, this guy is Mr. Wrong. <laughs> Listen. Instead of spending your energy, mental energy, getting confused about, am I, 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 am I married to the right person? Once you are married, you be the right person. And see what will happen to the other person. I mean, that is just how it works. You be the right person. If you are single, like I said, you have 
a greater advantage over those of us that are married. Why? Because you be the right person now. Because you will attract who you are. You will attract who you are. You don't attract who you like. Say, Pastor, how come is all these uh, kind of guys that are always coming to me? I, I smiled and I said, listen, you need to change something fundamentally. I'm not blaming you, but something is fundamentally wrong because you are attracting who you are, not who you like. I know this is tough. Otherwise, somebody will have clapped. But I can take it. <laughs> I'm joking. I just want to try. And, oh, no, I didn't mean that. I just want to try and get to my notes and see where I am. <laughs> I've lost track. Okay, I'm back. Now, a um, single lady, mature single lady, walked up to her pastor, um, some pastor, Andy, his name is Andy Stanley, and says, and says to him that, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard all this, your uh, celibacy preaching. It sounds good. But you tell me, what do you expect me to do? I'm 37, I'm sexually active, and I enjoy sex, and I have been sexually active all my adult life. What exactly do you want me to do, Pastor? And the pastor looked at her and said to her, I want you to think deep about this question before you answer. As sex and having multiple sexual partners, as it make your life more satisfying or more complicated. And she thought, and says, it's actually made my life more complicated. <laughs> That's the truth. Now, 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 the, 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 and, and she discovered that a challenge really was that when she goes through those seasons that she thinks she needs a sexual partner the person she really needs is God. So she's trying to fill the void with the sexual intimacy. So, and of course, it leaves her more complicated. President of the Lord, more complicated. The right person is you. In that marriage, the right person is who? Is me. In my marriage, I am the right person. Stop worrying that your husband is not the right person. Stop worrying about that your wife is not the right person. You are the right person. So you become all that God has called you to become. And watch your life change. Why am I able to say this? Simple. Because that is what I have to do myself. I had to do myself. President of the <laughs> Marriage is serious business. And Jesus raises the bar for us with this purity thing. Jesus raises the bar. In Matthew 5, 27, Jesus says, you have heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery. We are in our hearts. Wow. So, so Jesus is saying you need to take this thing this thing is not a, a, a physical body thing. This thing is a heart issue. Jesus is saying if you have a heart issue of lust, you are no different from someone that actually commits adultery. And, and if you read the scriptures, you will, you will just, I mean, a lot of us, particularly living in this um, 
21st century, a lot of us just feel hopeless immediately. But listen, it is not for us to feel hopeless. Job, a man that didn't have the Holy Spirit, didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. That what? I will, in Job 31 verse 1, I will not look lustfully at a woman. So he made a covenant with his eyes. I will not. And is it possible, Pastor? Absolutely. So, Pastor, but you know, these girls of nowadays, they don't help us. They show us all sorts of things, Pastor. There's a difference between looking and lusting. There's a difference between seeing and looking. And there's a difference between looking and lusting. You may not be able to do anything about seeing, at least the first time. So someone walks into your office, or you walk into a bank, and you are greeted with, uh, you know what? You can't stop yourself from seeing, except you want to go blind. But you need to realize that there's a difference between seeing and looking. So, I have seen, but I don't have to look. My personal rule, personal rule, may help you, is you see only once. So if I bump into a place and I see once, I take my eyes and something saying, look again now. Come on. Come on. That's where I put my struggle. I put my struggle there so that it doesn't get to looking. Because by the time seeing gets to looking, you know what looking is? That's looking. Now, that is not yet lost in. But it's Thin line to lusting. Now, a lot of people say that's lusting. No, 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 no. Read the Bible well. That's not lusting. But it, it leads you to lusting. Lusting is you've now taken it into the mind. You are saying, how will he look like this? How will she look wearing this? How? You've started lusting. Oh, not wearing anything. You started lusting. That is the sin. Now, guess what? Push your battle to sin. When you push your battle to sin, and you, and you, you are struggling. It's a struggle. Believe me. Every man here, you, you are saying it's not a struggle. Sin. Put up your hand. So that we can cast out the demon of lies. You see, no hand went up. The wife is saying to her husband, put up your hand now. You know, wives trust their husband so much. <laughs> anyway, God bless us in Jesus' name. Say amen, say amen, say amen. Now, I, 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 I'm going somewhere with this. Now, it, it's, it's like, <clears throat> so push the battle to sin. You can't stop yourself from sin. So keep it there. Peg it there. Then you are not even getting to looking then you can't even get to lusting. It always works. Proverbs 6.32 Proverbs 6.32 The word of God says in Proverbs 6.32 says, But a man who commits adultery is what? Is an utter fool. I mean, sometimes I read the Bible I'm like, oh, why why is God so hard on us? You know? But if you understand why he's saying so, you now can see that the guy is a real fool. You know why? Because he what? He destroys himself. Will a man take, it's like another graphic description. Will a man take fire into his bosom and not be burnt? 
In other words, you are seeing burning coal. Then you pack it and you embrace it. Won't you be burnt? God is saying it's the same with adultery. But a man that commits adultery, and I mean, and this also applies to a woman that commits adultery. It also applies to people that are single. I mean, just not all men that are, just not men should be the punching bag. I'm sure God meant everybody here. The scripture says he's an utter fool. Why? Because he's destroying himself. He's destroying himself. And if you, if you, you remember the illustration from last week, what started out as a beautiful yellow mold became entangled with blue, became entangled with red, and if she goes on, she will just become so fragmented and confused. Praise the Lord. And that's, what, and, and that's what we need to just pause and say to ourselves. I have a choice in this matter. And you do. You have a choice in this matter. You are not um, um, a subject to your emotions. You have a choice in the matter. Try it. Just say no. And see, check if heaven has fallen. It will not fall. Praise the Lord. From the beginning, you see, I keep having to bring this up because before we begin to think that God is anti-sexual anti, um, pleasure. In Genesis 1.28, Genesis 1.28, the word of God says that, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, Arguably, you can say that the first commandment that God gave to man was to have sex. Be fruitful. How was he supposed to do that? We explained last week that God could have made man like, like, like the plant, like a flower. So, be fruitful could mean sneeze. So, if, if, if a reproduction could be pollination. So, the man would just Yawn like that man is yawning, or sneeze, and all the ladies in this place just get pregnant. See, I came to church, oh, and I've carried pregnancy, oh, but God did not make it like that. Praise the name of the Lord. God did not make us like the fish, God did not make us like the toad. So, it is important that He has to be. God's way. It has to be God's way. By the time you get to um, verse, verse 25, but before we even get Genesis 2.25, God is big on the enjoyment thing. He is. A child I don't know if this is a true story or not, but I, but I heard it, this story. <laughs> a child said to the father, after the father has heard a message like this, the child said to the father, Dad, where did we come from? And the guy was like, Oh no, why don't you ask your mom? <laughs> you know, dad always push those kind of tough questions to mommy. Why don't you ask your mom? Say, don't know, Dad. You tell me, where did we come from? <sighs> and the man now said, okay, you know what? Pastors encouraged us to have this conversation. So he sat the poor girl down and did some intense sex education. Appropriate for our age, of course. And when we were done, the girl says, but Joyce's father said, they come from Quara State. <laughs> Where did we come from? <laughs> now, some of you are just getting that. You can laugh now. It's okay. Delayed laughter is fine. 
sometimes we just get our minds warped. And someone is just saying one thing that we are thinking. Genesis 2.25, the word of God says in Genesis 2.25 that, and they were both naked. It was the naked. The man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. Naked and not ashamed. I mean, this talks about relational intimacy. This, this is just not just physical nakedness that I can see nakedness. No, 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 no. Let's talk about relation. Of course, it's that and much more. Let's talk about relational intimacy. Relational intimacy. And you, there are pointers because even in those of us that are married, there are some people that are married, they, 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 they have to be, the light has to be off. Or they have to be under the blanket. Why? Because they are not, they can't be naked and unashamed. They, they, they are naked and ashamed. But that's not what God wants for us. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not going to get into all that. But what God is saying to us is intimacy is so important. And that is the, like, the climax of, 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 of the purpose of sex, really. Intimacy. Someone defined intimacy as intimacy. You've, you've heard that before, I'm sure. And many of us are really afraid for someone else to see into us. We, 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 we build walls. We are not vulnerable. Or we don't want to be vulnerable because we have been vulnerable before and it didn't really end well. So we, we kind of don't have intimacy even though we are married. And the lack of intimacy, sexual intimacy, in many places is being replaced with sexual intensity. So, a lot of people are replacing sexual intimacy with what? Sexual intensity. You, you are not really intimate, but you are just full of intensity. But what God really wants is intimacy. Of course, intensity a given. So, we allow sex to determine how good our relationship is with our spouses. Instead of allowing our relationships to determine how good our sex is. I know that sex is a pointer to how good the relationship is. I understand that. It's, in fact, some people call it the sexometer. That if you check the sexometer, you can tell how good the relationship is. But many times we allow sex to determine how good the relationship is. Instead of allowing the relationship to determine how good the sex is. So, I, I don't love my wife because we have a great sex life. We have a great sex life because we love each other. Do you understand? So, we, we shouldn't turn it upside down. The relationship with your spouse precedes and in fact determines the sex that happens. Someone says, Pastor, you married people are just enjoying life. You know, I like people that can, you know, that, that, can, that talk freely with me. I mean, <laughs> say you married people are just enjoying life. You know? Cold weather like this, those of us that are single, we just be hugging blankets. You married people are just enjoying life. <laughs> you know, because you, 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 you begin to think like that when you see everything through the filter of sex. And it becomes a problem. Like the father, the girl was just asking, where are we from? 
the state we are from. And the man started, oh, you know, when your daddy and my mommy, you know, when they are in the frisky mood, you know, then, uh, you know, the way that's how God made it to. And he went, just went on, on, on. And the girl was like, really? But this person is from Quara. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, and I, and I say to, to my friends that are single and, 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 and have this impression and see everything through that filter and have this impression that, oh, what about those of us that are, that are single? I, I say to them, that, look, what happens when sex inevitably changes in your marriage? What, what will happen? What will happen? What will happen if, if your, your husband or your wife falls sick? Oh, God forbid. I reject that in Jesus' name. I say amen to you with that. Amen. But what happens? What happens if they are bedridden for years and years and you are just trusting and are praying? What happens? What happens to your purity? What happens? Really? What happens if, if one person has to travel and be away for months and months? What happens? Oh, you didn't think about that. Everyone that is married go through different seasons. Married people, am I correct? Different seasons. So if you think it is just about, oh, jump into the bed and bounce like a bunny. It's deeper than that. Way deeper than that. There has to be something Deeper, and that's where we are going. There has to be something deeper. There has to be. There has to be. It's easy to justify. It could just even it could even be a phase where you know one party. You know, I, I know of a of a man. Physically, nothing is wrong with him, but every time he's with his wife. The willy doesn't rise up. When he gets to work, the willy becomes to, begins to charge. <laughs> and he runs back home and the willy looks out. True life. True life. I had to cancel them through it. And that went on for only God knows how long. What was she supposed to do? Many of us we think just in that filter. And if you do, you may be setting yourself up for disaster. But I pray that will not happen to you in Jesus' name. So it takes much more character and nobility for a person to commit to one love for a lifetime than to have multiple sexual partners. It's easy to have multiple sexual partners. Any dog can have multiple sexual partners. I know you want to clap there, ladies. I know. <laughs> but it's okay, I get it. <laughs> You're sober. Any dog can. So, so what's the deeper thing you're talking about, Pastor? And it's simple, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you. What's this deeper thing you're talking about? And I'm going to close from there. What's this deeper thing you're talking about? It's simple. You see, I said that sex is like, sexual passion is like fire. It's like fire. In fact, it is fire. It's not like fire. That's why the Bible says, Oh, daughters of Jerusalem, don't awaken love until what? Until it is time. Because once you start fire, fire can be difficult to control. You can't hold fire. You can't tame fire. Fire consumes. Fire is fire and fire does not stop until it finishes consuming the fuel and everything that is in its path. It is only when fire has finished its consumption that it stops. Whether it's consuming gas or wood or paper, it's only after consumption that it stops. So, the sexual fire, the sexual passion has three flames. There are three flames that makes up the sexual passion. The first is simple 
But that's how it works. If you get this, you are good. The first flame is the flame of friendship. Everybody say flame of friendship. The second flame is the flame of commitment. And the third flame is the flame of intimacy. The three flames must be in place for sex to be satisfying to us and glorifying to God. Many times, if we take one of these flames out of the equation, maybe you just have commitment because you feel that you're a Christian. Divorce is not an option. So you're just waiting for the rapture. There are people like that. Married people. I know a very senior guy that told that once said that, that, <laughs> that all he's doing now is just waiting for rapture. Why? Because he only has commitment. There's no friendship, there's no intimacy. And for some others, they have the commitment and from time to time, the intimacy happens because, you know, when you are in the same house with somebody and you bump into each other, you know, anything can happen. But if friendship flame is off, you are still going to have a problem. Some people, erroneously, have distributed these three fires. Women, some women do that, and it's strange. They have friendship with one person. They have commitment with another person. Then they have intimacy with another person. Their lover is different from their husband. And is different from their friend. What God wants for you and I is the three flames to be burning in our relationship. So if you are married here and the flame of friendship is off, you have a duty to yourself to fan that flame of friendship to life. If the flame of commitment is, is off, which is the problem with, with people that are, you are not married, but you want to be friends and intimate. And for some, interestingly, the flame of friendship is on. The flame of commitment is on. They are good friends. They are in a committed marital relationship, but there's no flame of intimacy. Thus is the Lord. Begin to have that flame of intimacy. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on, say amen. amen. Begin to have it. And, and, and these are the three flames that makes intimacy, sexual intimacy, work. I know some of you, 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 you may wrestle with this because you, you probably have never heard it shared like this before. I want to encourage you to get the CD. Don't worry. Listen to it again. Open your heart to God. And God will heal you. Say amen. And there are yet some that you just need to, you, you, when you look at the three flames, take your marriage, look at the three flames. You just need to put more fuel in one. And all will be well. In Jesus' name. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. The one of us says that, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or 
idol worship or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkard or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is where I'm going, verse 11. It says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our Lord God. Now, the story of some of us is like this. We've, we, we, we have gone through what was described. But Paul says, but you have been washed. You are cleansed. Many times we go through, people go through all this and they just think it's okay. They have not been washed. They have not been cleansed. There's a washing and cleansing that needs to take place. Really for the healing to happen. Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? But our heads, and you may be here, and you're saying, Pastor, I need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. You feel your life totally fragmented and clustered. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I don't need you to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Say, Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand to heaven. God bless you. As we pray, put it up where God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And leave, leave, leave it up. Leave it up there. Keep it up. Keep it up. God bless you. God bless you. Put it up. That is me, Pastor. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Your garments are your garments. Spotless are your in heaven we pray for everyone that has surrendered to you we ask Lord that you cleanse them according to your word totally my father wash them cleanse them heal them restore them and let your name be glorified honor and glory be given to you let's still um I still want us to pray. For those of us that two categories of course, those of us that are married and some of us are single. For those of us that are married, I want us to pray that the flame that is missing in this fire Father, restore in the name of Jesus. The flame that is missing, restore. Go ahead and pray. For those of us that are single, we are going to pray. Those of us that are married, we need to pray this also, actually. We are going to pray that, Father, make me the right person. Make me the one. Prepare me for the person you are preparing for me. 
prepare me for the person you are preparing for me. Let's go ahead and spend a few minutes. Let's just talk to God. If you're married, you're saying, Father, bring this fire back, Lord. For some of us, the fire of friendship. For some of us, the fire of commitment. For some of us, it's the fire of intimacy. And many of us, we are looking to other people to become the right person. Meanwhile, God wants you to become the right person. Father, make me the right person. Make me the right person, oh God. Make me the right person. For some of us, we need to pray these prayers for our children. We need to pray that God will set them right. God will set their feet right. They will not be confused. They will be clear. They will be clear. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed.